you have your Bibles, you can open up to Colossians chapter 3. Great to be with you all this evening in the house of the Lord. How many here are actually registered for conference? You're going to make it out? All right. Wonderful. It's going to be a powerful time in the house of the Lord. Colossians 3, verses 23 to 25. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ, but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Do we feel like God isn't using us? Do we feel like our life lacks meaning, purpose? How do we measure or gauge this or judge this, whether or not God is or is not using us? Do we base it on scope? Do we base it on environment? Do we base it on position? Do we base it on task? We don't feel like God is using us, or perhaps we feel like our place is insignificant. It isn't producing much. It isn't that meaningful. But I wonder tonight if we can change our understanding and come in line with the word of the Lord. The Bible clearly says that whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man, for you serve the Lord Christ. I trust this encourages us this evening concerning our world. The tasks that we find ourselves performing each and every day the great things and the small things, that it's all for the Lord. No matter what we are setting our hands to, it's all for the Lord. If we adopt this, everything will change. Things will start to look and feel different. We will rise with purpose, and our work for the Lord will prosper, and the Lord will use it in ways we thought never possible. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Simple tasks in our eyes, mundane and routine, God makes miraculous when we do it all unto him. I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. It says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Can that be said of you tonight? Can that be said of us tonight? As though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. The disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed. For God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men. There was a time that I worked at a golf course many years ago now. Worked there during the summer. Private club in Edmonton. You had to be very wealthy to get in, worked there for these summers, and my job was to work 
next to the clubhouse where all the members would bring their clubs. And my job was to clean their clubs after they had played the round, to store their bags properly, to make sure all their needs were taken care of, and to look after the driving range as well. There were others that worked alongside me. I remember this one young person, pretty much my age at the time, came to work for the club, doing the same work I was to do. I was not his superior, just a fellow worker. There were those over us. And this, this individual would work hard when the superiors were around. He'd do all things right when those above him were around. But as soon as the members left, and as soon as those that were above him were nowhere to be seen, he would take clubs out of the members' bags and begin to hit golf balls off the concrete in the area where the clubs were stored. How many know you don't do that with members' golf clubs? You don't hit off concrete. You'd ask me why I was so serious, why I was about task, and I was able at that point to give an answer for the hope I had. Because I learned at a young age, no matter what we are doing, the Lord is watching. No matter what we are doing, even if it's cleaning golf clubs, God is watching to see if we're diligent, to see if we're faithful, to see if we're precise in every task. We might not think it's spiritual, but can our understanding be changed tonight? We don't separate these things, sacred and secular. J.B. Phillips' New Testament reads, Whatever you do, put your whole heart and soul into it, as into work done for God and not merely for men, knowing that your real reward, a heavenly one, will come from God since you are actually employed by Christ and not just by your earthly master. But the wicked man will be punished for his misdeeds and naturally no distinction will be made between master and man. I wonder tonight if we really understand that it really is all service for the Lord Jesus. No matter what we're doing, the mother taking care of her home is service for the Lord Jesus. The father taking care of his yard, the student learning, the worker working, the artist creating, the athlete training and competing, the teacher teaching, and the list goes on. It's all as unto the Lord. That's the call. The same dedication, the same faithfulness, no matter if it's the mundane routine or it's something grand in our eyes. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, for you serve the Lord Christ. Can we drink these words in tonight? Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Wow, that would change life, wouldn't it? You are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. We serve the Lord, and I love those words. Put your whole heart and soul into it as work done for God and not merely for men. This phrase here, this line, you are actually employed by Christ and not just by your earthly master. How many know work would look different tomorrow if we walked in realizing that we were employed by Christ? Actually employed by Christ. I wonder if we'd show up when we need to show up if we understand that we're actually employed by Christ. 
I wonder if we'd work like we should actually work when people are around watching us and when they are not watching us. The same diligence, the same commitment, the same energy, the same focus, the same precision. This should change how we live. The understanding that we are actually employed by Christ. This is the way of the Lord for us. When we understand this truth, when we adopt it and take it as our own, number one, it keeps us on track. If I know the Lord is always watching me, it should keep me on track, should it not? Now, I don't know why it doesn't keep some people on track. Not saying that we don't struggle with some things, but tonight we're talking about at work. If we know that God is watching us, whatever our tasks are, if it's at a place of occupation, in the home, whatever the Lord gives us, we are employed by Christ. It keeps us on track when we know that the Lord is watching us. If I know I'm working for the Lord and not merely for man, if I know that the tasks he has set before me today are for me today, given and granted me by the Lord. The opportunities, if I know that he is checking out my faithfulness, he's checking out my work ethic, my dependability. If I know that he's watching me, I know he's checking out my witness in the workplace. I've talked to many business owners that say they will never hire a Christian worker again. That should not be so. If I know that the Lord is my employer and I'm serving him, it should keep me on track. Even when eyes are not on me, for the eyes of the Lord are always on me. It keeps us focused. It keeps us pointed. It keeps us from sluggishness. It keeps us from taking advantage of our environment, taking advantage of our earthly employer. My seemingly natural opportunity. Zig Ziglar, a powerful man of God, said these words, and it's so awesome. I, a lot of people quit looking for work as soon as they find a job. I thought, how true is that? <laughs> a lot of people quit looking for work as soon as they find a job. Wow. So desperate for work. And they quit looking. The message reads, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you will get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Martin Luther said these words, what you do in your house is worth as much as if you did it up in heaven for the, our Lord our God. We should accustom ourselves to think of our position and work as sacred and well-pleasing to God, not on account of the position and work, but on account of the word and faith from which the obedience and work flow. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, read, it reads, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 
Whatever we do, do it to the glory of God. What would that look like if we were doing it for the glory of God? What would the work ethic look like? What would the precision look like? What would the focus look like? What would the confession look like? What would the heart look like if we were doing it all for the Lord? Number one, when we realize this, it keeps us on track. Number two, tonight, it turns everything divine. Everything in your life, every task, divine. Understanding that it's all supernatural for the believer. It's all divine for the believer. It's all kingdom work for the believer. Oswald Chambers, in Christian work, our initiative and motivation are too often simply the result of realizing that there is work to be done and that we must do it. Yet that is never the attitude of a spiritually vigorous saint. His aim is to achieve the realization of Jesus Christ in every set of circumstances, no matter what you're doing, the realization of Jesus Christ. Can I encourage us tonight that we are living a supernatural life? Yes, it is worked out in the natural, but all our tasks, all that we do, it's all divine. Life is to be radically different for the believer We can apply this tonight. C.S. Lewis said these words, No good work is done anywhere without aid from the Father of lights. John Calvin, There is no work, however vile or sordid, that does not glisten before God. All the tasks are meaningful. No matter what the Lord is placing in front of us or calling us to, it's all meaningful. Do we recognize our work? our tasks, do we recognize that they are divine and do we treat them so? The reality is that all things have become different for us. Our life is full of divine purpose no matter the task, no matter what is set before us, no matter how simple it might seem, no matter how insignificant it might seem in our eyes. When we know that it's all for the Lord, all being everything, it turns everything divine. Number three tonight, it floods our world with meaning. I'll ask you these questions tonight. Does your world look bland? Does your world look plain? In your eyes, does your world look void of meaning? I would encourage us to take the text tonight, understanding that we are employed by Christ. The Lord needs His people in many environments, doing many things. And there are seasons of life where there are different tasks set before us than there were before. Sometimes with the opportunity With the work come tasks that we might not prefer. Maybe we're in a season or a place of occupation. It's just kind of filler in our eyes rather than treating it as a divine opportunity and appointment from the Lord. We just see it as a stepping stone to something greater. 
And so we treat it as so, or we just do just enough to get by. That is not the heart of the Lord. Acts 18, verses 1 to 4. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. For by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. The message, after Athens, Paul went to Corinth. That is where he discovered Aquila, a Jew born in Pontus, and his wife Priscilla. They had just arrived from Italy, part of the general expulsion of Jews from Rome ordered by Claudius. Paul moved in with them, and they worked together at their common trade of tent making. But every Sabbath he was at the meeting place, doing his best to convince both Jews and Greeks about Jesus. Listen to Acts 20, 33-35. His words, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities. And for those who are with me, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. I wondered, as I thought about this, as the Spirit laid these scriptures on my heart, I wonder what kind of tents Paul made. The workmanship, the craftsmanship, the attention to detail, the quality. Not, ah, this isn't divine, I'll just rush this and cut corners, sell a few, and get back to more meaningful things. That wasn't his heart, and that's not to be our heart. Listen, this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. But he needed to make tents. That there were finances for the ministry, he needed to make tents. He didn't do just enough to get by. Shoddy work. Cover it up. Hey, you just got a tent from the Apostle Paul. Relax. I know it doesn't work very well. Just be thankful. It's anointed. It's blessed. Do you know who I am? Have you heard of the road to Damascus? I wonder what kind of tents he made. Imagine Jesus in the carpenter's shop. Matthew 13, verses 54 and 55. And then he was coming to his own country. When he was there, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch as they were astonished and said, When sat this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this the one whose mother is called Mary, and his brethren James and Joses and Simon and Judas? Matthew 13, 55 and 56, is this not the carpenter's son? Or how about Mark 6, verse 3, is this not the carpenter? The voice reads, isn't this Jesus, the little boy we used to see in Joseph's carpenter shop? Didn't he grow up to be a carpenter just like his father? 
Jesus the carpenter. Imagine the workmanship, the craftsmanship, the attention to detail, the quality. The one who would save the world growing up, giving himself to cutting and sanding and planing wood. Those years were just as important. The formative years, the years he was proving his faithfulness, his attention to detail, his focus, his determination, that he would not cut corners, that he would not try and do just enough to get by. No shoddy work. No shoddy work. Ah, I sold him a few tables. I know they're not very good. Don't worry. They'll get over it once I save their souls. It doesn't cover up bad work. And Jesus knew that. Imagine having a piece of furniture from that carpenter's shop. That'd be something else. Jesus was precise in all things. We can learn from these men. Jesus knew that it was all for the Father all for the glory of the kingdom, all a part of the great plan of heaven. This knowledge and conviction kept him on track. It turned everything divine and it flooded his world with meaning. He had a realization of who he was. He knew the call upon his life. And maybe there's a great call upon your life and every call is a great call if it's a call of God. No matter what it is, but you might be in a season right now where God is testing you, where God is trying you, to see if you're faithful, to see if you're focused, to see if you're determined, to see if you cut corners when eyes aren't on you, to see the work ethic, to see the determination, listening to the words of your heart as you work, as we work, as we labor. It's all divine. It might just be that the Lord is preparing you working on your character, working on us. Jesus didn't even hit the scene really until 30. Some of us aren't even there yet and we're freaking out. I'm past it. It doesn't matter the age. It's not just trying to get to there and then, okay, this is all meaningful now. It's all meaningful, all the way through. Whatever the Lord has given us, whatever the Lord has provided us. Ephesians 6, verses 5 to 8, Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart, with goodwill doing services to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. The Passion Translation, those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your hearts as though you were working for the master. Always do what is right, and not only when others are watching. 
so that you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love, as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord, whether you are an employee or an employer. I just changed everybody's tomorrow. The Word of God did. Wake up and understand everything I have to do is divine. It doesn't matter what it is. Even the small things, the mundane things, the routine things, the things we think aren't really significant, even those things are divine. Let's be just as committed and precise and focused in the small things as the great things. The Bible tells us the faithful in little will be faithful in much. The Lord might be looking at your little right now, what seems little in your eyes and saying, is the person faithful? Can I give them much? Not that you go get much, because we know that those even outside of Christ get much. But the much that he would hand us, the life that he would hand us, the openings that he would hand us. He's checking out his servants, faithful in little, faithful in much. Precise in little, precise in much. Dedicated in the little things, dedicated in the great things. That's the kind of character he's trying to work in us. You know why? Because you can get places where your character can't sustain you. And that's why things go astray. Don't have the work ethic. Don't have the focus, the determination. Don't have the heart. So we ask that the Lord would have his will and his way in our lives. And we adopt these scriptures. We take the example of Paul, take the example of Jesus, our great example, and run with it. No matter what we find ourselves doing. Let's work as unto the Lord. We can have the worship team return tonight. This is how the Lord wants us to see and view our world. Whatever is set before us in the day, whatever it is that we must attend to, the Lord wants us to see our world through his eyes. Taking care of your home, how many know the Lord sees that as important? Taking care of the possessions that he's given you, the Lord sees that as important. Whatever the task is, we should be an example So I ask tonight, how is the workmanship and the craftsmanship? Let the Lord ask all of us tonight, how is the attention to detail, the quality, the energy, the devotion, the confession, the ethics, the heart? We serve the Lord Christ. Can we agree tonight to work to bless him?
and to labor to honor him and to create to bring him joy and to build to bring him fame and to construct to bring him glory. Let's agree tonight that whatever we do, we will do it heartily as to the Lord, for we serve the Lord Christ. Let's stand tonight.